0: be love-motivated, love, love love-prompted, and it kicks fear in the face so that faith has its free passage to express itself by deeds of courage. Say deeds of courage. God is calling you to make some courageous deeds. Deeds of courage fueled in faith, having their basis in love, kicks fear out the window. And you say, I'm like my father. Do you think if you are counseling God, okay, I'm, I'm not speaking irre- irreverently, but let's say no heaven, no earth. You were there, and God says, okay, we have this plan to make man. We know he's going to fail. We know it. We know it. This guy's going to fail us. But we already factored into this whole equation. The, the word we call the son, he's going to give his life as a ransom for many. If you were there, some, some misguided person might say to God, so why go through the whole thing? You know the guy's going to fail. Why go through? This stuff when what you, I mean, you're so complete within yourself, but listen, your love beckons you to act sometimes, even in the face of uncertainty. Love beckons you to, to make this deed. Do you know? Let me close with the story because of time. Let me just finish this. In all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. Next verse, let's read together. Say, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that neither death nor life angels no principalities no things present no things to come no powers no height no depth no anything created will be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord nothing can separate us from his love you know so never ever do yourself hard so hard by it. When you failed and you think God's love is not sufficient to to forgive you. No, it is. Never govern your relationship with God in anticipation of His fear. or, Or fear of His punishment and His judgment. Because it's proof His love hasn't been matured in you. Okay. I won't have time to read it. Let me relate to you the story. In Luke, this is Luke 7. Jesus went to the house of Simon the Pharisee. No welcome. His feet were not washed, but he reclined at the table. A, an immoral woman, it says, a sinner, prostitute came behind him, broke a vial of alabaster. The Bible says she kept washing his feet with the tears and pouring the vial. Simon the Pharisee said in his heart, if this man were a prophet, he will know what sort of woman it is that is washing his feet. Right? Jesus then, knowing what's in Simon's heart, Jesus said this. Oh, Simon, a certain man had two servants that owed him money. We get the values, but the one was like 50 denarii or 5 denarii, and the other was like 500 denarii. And the Bible says he forgave them both equally their respective debts. Jesus quote, poses the question to Simon. He says, oh, Simon, which one do you think Will love the most. Which of the two that owed the money, that were both forgiven, will love the master the most? Which do you think? Come on, talk to me. The one to whom was forgiven most. And Simon answered them. He said, oh, The one to whom was forgiven most. Then he said, You see this woman? This woman that you think is this prostitute, this immortal. Right? She has, for, she has been forgiven much, therefore she has loved much. Listen carefully. We don't waste sin and say more severe than the other, although there's certain degrees of wickedness. We're all sinners before God. But I just think the revelation of, of the extent to which she has been forgiven so overwhelmed her of the love she's received from the Lord by the forgiveness of her sin that that prompted lavish giving to the Lord based upon a reciprocal response of love in our heart to the Lord. Sometimes lavish giving is proof of a revelation in you of how you've understood the love of God to you. Now just tell your neighbor, you too have been forgiven much. You too have been forgiven much. And you know what Jesus said, by the way? What did Jesus say to this woman? Woman, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. He he references love But the act as an expression of faith, because that act was rooted in love. How much do you love God? And is it too difficult a thing for you to do whenever God calls you to give? Not to give out of a sense of gratitude in response to the love that He has for you? Is it too much a thing to ask? Love, faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6 says. I want to encourage you the more your love grows the more the fear leaves you fear will be cast out and you will be engaged in lavish generous giving purely as a reflection of God your heavenly father and when that love is present faith will be inevitable because love drives faith's actions love propels faith what love sees faith seeks if you see with the eye of love the faith is employed to do the work with deeds because it's prompted by the love of god within you okay the love of christ constrains me now you've seen some of these these army movies like america fighting second world war etc patriotism to one's country love for country and land can drive you to make serious sacrifices for your, for your country. It's amazing what love, when love is present for what you're fighting for. The acts of courage and daring, courageous acts that lead you into, simply because love is, love is present. I pray this love will grow in you. And I pray that you would come to the place of, of unabandoned, faithful giving that is rooted in the love of God. May the love of God draw in you seriously. Next time you give your tithes, your offering, or you're helping someone with, with a project, or you're giving a handout to the poor, uh, we give. There's a beggar that is called Robo Hobo. He's at the, uh, you know him, Robo Hobo. The Bluff people know him. He lead the Bluff, you're crossing Clearwood. He's there every day. This guy's a genius of his time. Down and out, dirty, straggly dressed. But he got his own YouTube channel. Some of you don't even have a YouTube channel. <laughs> this guy got his own YouTube channel. Yeah. And he sells, what he sells at the robot, he sells uh, printed comics. He's a very good artist. He draws. He's got a printing company to help him print it, and they, out of grace, do this freely for him, and he sells it for 10 rand. One a month. He does a whole storyline, teaching very, very really good principles. Luke's our and rays are my witness here, including my wife. I cannot help, If I have the means to, whenever we stop there, to bless this guy with something. And some people say, no, you're doing it all the time. But what motivates me is, he's trying. He's using the limited means he has to make something happen. Right? And it just, so in my flesh I will get tired of doing it. But the love of Christ in me constrains me simply to, before you know what, you're doing it. (laughs) You must be discerning. Don't just do it blindly. Okay, allow the Lord to, to lead you. Amen. Come lift up your hands. I know it's been long, but this was very necessary as a, as, a, as a principle within the fabric of this milieu of teachings regarding financial giving. Must be love-driven. I want to reiterate again with your hands lifted up. If it's love-driven, faith will be the inevitable con. Your faith will, will go to another level because faith works by love. Okay, the love of God will constrain you. It will take your giving to another level. We give tithes first with offerings. We give to the poor because we love God and we love people. That love is not there. You can give your body to be burned and have not love. Then The Bible says it profits you nothing. The power tendons with love is a powerful thing. Thank you, Lord, that you have not given us a spirit of fear. But you have given us a spirit of power. Of love and a disciplined mind repeat after me god has not given me a spirit of fear, spirit of fear. But, of power, but of power love, love. And, a and a sound mind i thank you oh god that where your love is your power will be where your love is there will your power be to support the intentions of your love so right now come and lift your hands we receive this love in new way Romans 8 says the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost which has been given to you. I pray right now, even for myself, may I grow in your love. May your love just baptize me afresh. I pray a fresh baptism for the whole house and for those listening to this audio of the love of Christ in your hearts. A true revelation of how much He loves you and how much you ought to love as a a result of His love in you. Shed that love abroad in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, we we ask today, let nothing we do be ever, ever be loveless. Let everything we do flow out from the position of deep love for you, deep love for people. Take away the pride because love does not brag. Love does not seek its own. Love does not seek to make a name for itself. Teach us to do things more secretly. Teach us to recede and to honor you in everything we do, Father. So we pray your love in us will drive our faithful actions to please you Thank in everything we do, you, in everything we say. Every time we give, may it testify to the world. See how much we love God. See how much He loves us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In how you give, and watch what He says. And you give demonstrable proof of the sincerity of your love. Paul used financial giving and its expression as tacit proof of the presence of love within the givers. You demonstrate how you love by how you give. For God so loved the world that he that he gave. Okay? Now I want to encourage you, don't give legalistically. The legal giver gives because he has to obligation obliging you don't do that whether you're obeying first fruits tithes, or offerings you don't give with a sense of legality you don't you you don't give it with a sense of obligation the legal giver gives because he has to but the loving giver gives because he loves to when love prompts the action watch you're going to be tapping into a power that legal giving doesn't access if giving must flow from grace, I believe, the face of grace is love. The expression of this grace is love. And when that is present within you, it will take the legalistic mindset from out of your giving. Because now you're not, you're not even considering, for example, the tithe. Is this old covenant or new covenant? You're considering, what is in my heart? Is love there? And does love seek to, to express itself by giving? Okay. Love seeks to express itself by, by giving. A lot of people still don't embrace for us fruit doctrine. I do. I practice it. And it's brought tremendous blessing in our, into our lives. And I say to people, well, what, don't accept the doctrine, but then practice Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your first fruit. Right? If you want to interpret that, honor Him with it. Right? With your wealth. But listen carefully. Everyone say Love we're going to pray in a moment for new baptism of love because i think sometimes giving lacks because love is not matured if if love is matured giving would be the most reflexive thing giving to god giving to his servants giving to people in need helping the poor oh by the way we'll do two special sessions on giving to the poor the bible has much to say about how you should give to the to the poor there's great blessing in that when we discuss a matter we try to discuss the whole thing um, in, its, in its completeness. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak with tongues, just watch, of men and of angels, but I do not have love, love what, does, what does Paul say? I've become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So, he's saying, you can be full with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, of men, that's no languages, and heavenly language, and, and of angels, but no love, you like... Now, there's nothing wrong with the gong and the cymbal. Don't get caught up on gong and cymbal. The issue is noisy gong and clanging cymbal. Right? The issue is noisy gong and clanging cymbal. The word noisier means to reverberate a loud, jarring sound. Right? discordant. It's an aggravating sound, not pleasant to the ears. And the, word, the Greek word for, for clanging denotes lament. Something that brings depression, like at a funeral, you're lamenting the death of someone that has passed. So there's the absence of, there's the absence of, 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 of joy. Now, I don't want anybody to become, to become from your life, Because life emits a sound to the heavens. Not so? Even Paul said uh, to the Philippians, you gave me a gift, but it ascended to God like a sweet-smelling aroma. Cornelius gave, remember? 1 Acts chapter 10, he gave to the Jews. He even built a synagogue for them. He gave, and what did Peter say to him? Your giving and your prayers have come up before God. So your gift speaks. Give, give, speak they emit a sound now what is paul saying here the absence of love right i have not love makes valid spiritual activity noisy and clanging speaking in tongues is a valid spiritual activity but it is reduced tell your neighbor or repeat after me have become this phrase i have become as the idea in the greek of degenerating downwards to an inferior position, you were there, but you have become a noisy gong and a clanging symbol. Okay, you have become a noisy gong and a clanging symbol. So, uh, Sean Blucknow said a few years ago, "Loveless service is no service at all." You got service that is valid, but loveless—it equates to to nothing. And then he says in the next verse. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and knowledge, like you're the big apostle on the block because apostles decode mysteries and prophets, you are so knowledgeable, you can decode all theology and doctrine, etc. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, so you have the faith position, but you do not have love, what does he say? I Am nothing. And the word nothing is a very, very interesting word, if you can find it in my notes. It literally means to have no spiritual authority. No spiritual relevance. You are reduced to nothing without love. Now, this is a frightening thing. You have the gift of prophecy. You have all faith so as to remove mountains. But you are reduced to nothing just look at verse 4 sorry verse 3 watch this is amazing if I give all my possessions to feed the poor so there's giving involved here right the guy is giving he's even giving not some of his possessions he's giving all of his possessions so the giving is lavish it's sacrificial the person went through great lengths to do it to feed the poor And I even surrender my body to be burned. Now, what greater expression of giving than that? Than to literally give your life so somebody else could live. Is that not the quintessence of giving? For greater love had no man than this, unless a man lay his life down for his friends. What could be greater than giving yourself up to be burned in place of another? But here is the the frightening thing is this, that you could do that without love. He said you could do that, but you don't have love. It Profits you zilch luto in zulu so for me it's very very important then if i engage in any giving activity if biblically it's possible to for me to give my life for someone and not have an ounce of love attached to the act it's a frightening wake-up call. Hey, i better make sure that every act of giving is love prompted is love inspired every action flows forth from the love of God. Because even my very creation itself, I, was came, I came out from a God who in love He predestined me and He gave birth to me. Now I am His Son. All my giving out now must be welled up from that same love position. Otherwise, you could do the most laudable thing. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you for doing that. And God says nothing. God's perspective is Nothing. I don't want my giving to come to nothing. Giving must be acceptable before the Lord, and it must find great honor um, and acceptability with the Lord. Now look at Romans chapter 12. Oh, by the way, before we go there, just just carry on verse 4 of, of 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. After he's saying that, he says, Love is patient, love is kind, is not jealous, does not brag. Now, everyone say love does not brag. I don't want you, if you help someone, I don't want pictures on Facebook and saying, oh, well, you've done. Right? You don't do the right thing with an ulterior motive of making a name for yourself. Because if, watch, he's saying you can give your body to be burned. Not having love, you are nothing. And he quickly says, love does not brag and is not arrogant and then verse 5 what does he say watch he does not act unbecomingly and this is what i like does not seek its own because some give laudably yes you give you're giving a lot but there's an ulterior motive behind the act and if love does not seek its own and if you're seeking your own by what you do it's proved to me love never prompted the act you do have a reward, but it's only the reward of men before earth, on earth. But God in the heavens, now I don't want you, but I'm at the place where every act must get the applause of heaven. Right? And I want to encourage you, do things secretly. Nobody has to know about it, but if heaven regards it, heaven will reward it. Listen carefully, the things you do secretly are reward publicly. Love must always seek him, must always seek to, to, to honor the Lord in everything that it does. Now, let me wrap up. I won't have time to finish this because I've, time is just racing away. The quintessential thing that I, I want to focus on is this. Hebrews 11 verse 4 says this. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. than. Cain. Okay. Everyone say by faith. Now, in, in the weekend of our prophetic uh, uh, seminar, the, not prophetic seminar, the financial seminar, I discussed this whole text quite thoroughly i don't want to go there now but this guy offered to god something by faith and i said to you faith must prompt the act right now let me just read to you a bunch of scriptures which will make sense in a moment listen carefully faith and love must always work together they can never ever work apart from the other colossians 1 verse 4 says since we heard of your faith in christ jesus and the love which you have for the saints. What did we have? Two things. Your faith in Christ and the love for the saints. People say, yes, I have faith in Christ. But I say, you improve that by your love for the saints. Yeah. Right? Faith it must, always, must always have the counterpart of love to it. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse th- 3 says, Constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and the steadfastness of your hope, In the Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of God our Father. Listen carefully. Your work of faith, I love these phrases. Work of faith, labor of love, the patience or the steadfastness of your hope. Now there abides three things. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. In this verse, Paul is saying, I bear in mind your work of faith and the labor of love and the steadfastness of your of your brethren, mine are comment on that in a moment. Ephesians six verse twenty-three says, "Peace to the brethren and love with faith." Everyone say, "Love with faith," right? It says, "Love with faith." Okay. First Corinthians thirteen, thirteen, you know very well. Uh, now, faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is right. So, love is the maturity of the previous two. There's three that will forever abide the word abide means will never cease to exist faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love pointless having in essence the other two without migrating to the the other two's ultimate intent is love and thereby implication is this if you've migrated to the more mature place of love by implication hope and faith will be inevitable if you master love Hope and faith will be the most reflective, natural outcome of your love disposition. Now, who wants to grow in faith? Yes, I do. How does faith come? Hearing the Word. How is love tested? By obeying the Word. So when you obey the Word by, by love, your faith grows. Your faith grows, okay? First Corinthians 13 verse 2, we just read it a moment ago. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy, etc., And watch, if I have faith, but don't have love, is it possible to have faith and not love? According to this scripture, very, very possible. To have expressions of faith not rooted in, not rooted in love. Okay? Another one, which I think is the primary one for me, Galatians 5, 6 says the following. Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. But this statement really grabs me. But faith which works through love. Faith which works through love. How does faith work? Come on, talk to me. How does faith work? Through love. So, when love is present, faith will be inevitable. Where love is present, you see, faith is like a daring act of obedience. You hear God has got a promise you engage in external acts to do the will of the Lord. You, you do that. And to the person without faith, they marvel. Wow, how can you do that? You say, I have faith in God. So the actions, remember faith without works is dead. Faith requires actions. You've got to do something to demonstrate the position. right? You've got to do something to demonstrate that faith is actually, faith is actually real. But it's very possible even to engage that without the whole expression not being prompted by the love of God. Okay? That is why never ever use faith to bring attention to yourself. And we've seen it too much in the, ch- in the history of the church presently. Faith to do this, faith to do that, and all accolades to the person. Love does not seek its own, love does not brag. It never seeks to draw attention to itself. So it's, it recedes into the background. And it pushes the purposes of God um, to the foreground. Now, I won't have time to, because of time is really racing away. But there's one thing I want to leave with you. And that is this. First, this First John 4. verse. Let's read, because of time, just verse 17 and 18. But this is love perfected within us, so that we have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as He is... So are we, where? Not in heaven, where? No, right now. What will give you confidence in the day of judgment? This fact. That as He is, so are you, where? No. Then verse 18 says, There is no fear in love. Tell your neighbor, no fear in love. Have you often heard the statement, the opposite of faith is fear? Not so. Fear will definitely impede faith. But biblically, the opposite of faith, the opposite of fear is love. Because in love, there is no no fear. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. The opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is love. If fear is present, it proves love has not been matured. So, it says, for example, in there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in, in love. So, the idea of fear involves the future prospect of terror. The word punishment means here, terror. It anticipates a future judgment, hence you are fearful now. I'm only fearful now because of something bad happening. Not so? So fear anticipates judgment. It anticipates punishment. It anticipates terror. Now you can apply this verse in multiple respects. If in reference to your relationship with God, you are still anticipating His judgment, His love hasn't been perfected in you. You to come to this place where you know that God loves me, that He loves me, That he loves me, that he loves me sometimes in spite of my failings, in spite of my weaknesses, because I have this revelation of his love. What can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus? And he lists a couple of things. Shall tribulation, shall nakedness, peril, sword, distress, height, depth. And he says in all these things, the things I've listed, we are more than conquerors, how? Through him that loved us. Your conquering capacity is unwell from the revelation of He that loved us. I think we need to read this passage. Let's feel this anointing on this passage. Romans 8, sorry. Watch. This is an amazing text. Listen carefully, guys. This will set you free. By the way, when I went to Arusha, we paid our own way. So when I sat at breakfast with this lady, the Lord said, pay for her. But you see, when financial fear hits you, what's the opposite of fear? Love. And in love... Faith will well up. Yeah. By faith he offered. Yeah. But faith emits from a love position that kicks. You know, cast. I wish I. I'm <laughs> looking for looking at demons, Kick the devil. <laughs> when it says perfect love casts out fear, you know the, Look at the Greek word. It means to like. It's like. It's like cast is a very violent term in Greek. You don't passively deal with this. You rise up violently and you say. You fear outlapper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone say outlapper. <laughs> tell you, repeat after me. Perfect love, perfect love. Kicks, fear <laughs> kicks fear out. I don't want anybody to fear. Young people, Braden, if you're in the dark, you don't fear the dark. Why? Amen. You consume by the fact God loves me. Nothing can happen to me. And what does perfect love do? Cast out the fear. Fear needs to be cast out. Yeah, right. Do not, tell someone do not fear. Not don't fear, fear anything. This this might not have only reference to fina- things financial. Yes. For anything, if the pres- the presence of fear indicates you haven't matured in the love of God, yeah. let me just say this to you: when fear hits you, it's an opportunity to, for you to assert the fact that God loves. Yeah. Amen. So I'm sitting in the restaurant and I'm saying, counting my pennies, but I say, hey, Lord, but you know what? What over what? Before you could re- before you could even decide not to pay it. What does love? I read you the text. Love constrains. Love compels. When love compels, before you know what, you're paying for the thing. Not having succumbed to the fear of not having. Do you know what the biggest thing for people to part with their money is? The fear of loss. The fear of not having. That's a fear. That the love of God in you must overpower. We're going to kick out fear. Amen? You kick out that dynamic. Because forever... You will not have the requisite faith. With my faith, He offered a more excellent sacrifice than, than Cain. You will not have the requisite faith to obey what God is calling you to, to obey. So, let's read this together. Come, let's read in chorus. 1, 2. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril... Or sword, just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, stop there, say it again, these things. What biblically are these things? All the things he's just listed, right? It says, in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who what? Why do I conquer? I have a revelation of how much He loved me." You see, we often quote this, we are more than conquerors, but we don't focus through Him that loved. When you have a revelation, listen carefully, this is, let um, me just mention it now, but because of time, when you have a revelation of how much He has loved, and what that means to you, that, the revelation of that love will displace all financial fear in you. Financial fear will leave your house will leave your system and like he gave because of his love every time now you give it will be love motivated love love prompted and it kicks fear in the face so that faith has its free passage to express itself by deeds of courage say deeds of courage god is calling you to make some courageous deeds deeds of courage fueled in faith having their basis in love Kicks fear out the window. And you say, I'm like my father. Do you think if you were counseling God, okay, I'm, I'm not speaking irre- irreverently, but let's say no heaven, no earth. You were there and God says, okay, we have this plan to make man. We know he's going to fail. We know it. We know it. This guy going to fail us. But we already factored into this whole equation. The, the word we call the son, he's going to give his life as a ransom for many. If you were there, some, some misguided person might say to God, So why go through the whole thing? You know the guy's going to fail. Why go through the stuff? When what? You, I mean, you're so complete within yourself, but listen, your love beckons you to act. Sometimes, even in the face of uncertainty, love beckons you to, to make this deed. Do you know? Let me close with the story because of time. Let me just finish this. In all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Next verse. Let's read it together. Say, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from His love. You know, so never ever do yourself hard, so hard by when you failed and you think God's love is not sufficient to to forgive you. No, it is. Never govern your relationship with God in anticipation of His fear or or fear of His punishment and His judgment because it's proof His love hasn't been matured in you. Okay. I won't have time to read it. Let me relate to you the story. In Luke, this is Luke 7 jesus went to the house of simon the pharisee no welcome his feet were not washed but he reclined at the table a an immoral woman it says a sinner prostitute came behind him broke a vial of alabaster the bible says she kept washing his feet with the tears and pouring the vial simon the pharisee said in his heart if this man were a prophet, he will know what sort of woman it is that is washing his feet. Right? Jesus then, knowing what's in Simon's heart, Jesus said this. Oh, Simon, a certain man had two servants that owed him money. We get the values. But the one was like 50 denarii or 5 denarii. And the other was like 500 denarii. And the Bible says, he forgave them both equally their respective debts. Jesus quote, poses the question to Simon. He says, "Oh Simon, which one do you think will love the most? Which of the two that owed the money, that were both forgiven, will love the master the most? Which do you think? Come on, talk to me. The one to whom was forgiven most. And Simon answered them. He said, oh, the one to whom was forgiven most. Then he said, you see this woman? This woman that you think is as prostitute, as immortal? Right? She has forgiven she has been forgiven much therefore she has loved much listen carefully we don't waste sin and say more severe than the other though there's certain degrees of wickedness we're all sinners before god but i just think the revelation of of the extent to which she has been forgiven so overwhelmed her of the love she's received from the lord by the forgiveness of her sin that that prompted lavish giving to the lord based upon a reciprocal response of love in our heart to the lord sometimes lavish giving is proof of a revelation in you of how you've understood the love of god to you now just tell your neighbor you too have been forgiven much you too have been forgiven much and you know what jesus said by the way What did Jesus say to this woman? Woman, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. He references love, but the act as an expression of faith, because that act was rooted in love. How much do you love God? And is it too difficult a thing for you to do whenever God calls you to give? Not to give out of a sense of gratitude in response to the love that He has for you? is it too much a thing to ask love faith works by love Galatians 5 6 says and I want to encourage you the more your love grows the more the fear leaves you fear will be cast out and you will be engaged in lavish generous giving purely as a reflection of God your Heavenly Father and when that love is present faith will be inevitable because love drives faith's actions love propels faith what love sees faith seeks if you see with the eye of love the faith is employed to do the work with deeds because it's prompted by the love of god within you okay the love of christ constrains me now you've seen some of these these army movies like America fighting second world war etc patriotism to one's country love for country and land can drive you to make serious sacrifices for your for your country it's amazing what love when love is present for what you're fighting for the acts of, cora- of courage and daring courageous acts it lead you into simply because love is love is present I pray this love will grow in you and I pray that you would you'd come to the place of of unabandoned faithful giving that is rooted in the love of God. May the love of God drawing in you seriously. Next time you give your tithes, your offering, or you're helping someone with, with a project, or you're giving a handout to the poor, uh, we give, there's a beggar that is called Robo Hobo. He's at the uh, You know him, Robo Hobo? The bluff people know him? You lead the bluff, you're crossing Clearwood. He's there every day. This guy's a genius of his time. Down and out, dirty, straggly dressed, but he got his own YouTube channel. <laughs> Some of you don't even have a YouTube channel. <laughs> this guy got his own YouTube channel. Yeah. And he sells, you know what he sells to the robot? He sells uh, printed comics. He's a very good artist. He draws. He got a printing company to help him print it. And they, out of grace, do this freely for him. And he sells it for 10 rand, one a month. He does a whole storyline, teaching very, very really good principles. Looks our and raise of my witness there, including my wife. I cannot help if I have the means to whenever we stop there to bless this guy with something. And some people say, no, you're doing it all the time, but what motivates me is he's trying. He's using the limited means he has to make something happen. Right? And it just so in my flesh I will get tired of doing it. But the love of Christ in me constrains me simply to, before you know what, you're doing it. (laughs) You must be discerning. Don't just do it blindly. Okay, allow the Lord to to lead you. Amen. Come lift up your hands. I know it's been long, but this was very necessary as a a principle within the fabric of this milieu of teachings regarding financial giving. Must be love-driven. I want to reiterate again, with your hands lifted up, if it's love-driven, faith will be the inevitable con. Your faith will, will go to another level. Because faith works by love. Okay, The love of God will constrain you. It will take your giving to another level. We give tithes first with offerings. We give to the poor because we love God and we love people. That love is not there. You can give your body to be burned and have not love, then the Bible says it profits you nothing. The power tends with love. Is a powerful thing. Thank you, Lord, that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit of power, of love, and a disciplined mind. Repeat after me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you, Lord God, that where your love is, your power will be where your love is there will your power be to support the intentions of your love so right now come and lift your hands we receive this love in new way romans 8 says the love of god is shed abroad in your hearts by the holy ghost which has been given to you i pray right now even for myself may i grow in your love may your love just baptize me afresh i pray a fresh baptism for the whole house and for those listening to this audio of the love of christ in your hearts a true revelation of how much He loves you and how much you ought to love as a, as a result of His love in you. Shed that love abroad in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, we, we ask today, let nothing we do be ever, ever be loveless. Let everything we do flow out from the position of deep love for you, deep love for people. Take away the pride because love does not brag. Love does not seek its own. Love does not seek to make a name for itself. Teach us to do things more secretly. Teach us to recede and to honor you in everything we do, Father. So we pray your love in us will drive our faithful actions to please you in everything we do, in everything we say. Every time we give, may it testify to the world, see how much we love God. See how much He loves us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In how you give, and watch what he says. And you give demonstrable proof of the sincerity of your love. Paul used financial giving and its expression as tacit proof of the presence of love within the givers. You demonstrate how you love by how you give. For God so loved the world that He he gave. Okay, Now, I want to encourage you, don't give legalistically. The legal giver gives because he has to. Ob- obligation. Obliging. You don't do that. Whether you're obeying first fruits, tithes, or offerings, you don't give with a sense of legality. You don't, you, you don't give with a sense of obligation. The legal giver gives because he has to, but the loving giver... Gives because He loves to. When love prompts the action, watch, you're going to be tapping into a power that legal giving doesn't access. If giving must flow from grace, I believe, the face of grace is love. The expression of this grace is love, and when that is present within you, it will take the legalistic mindset from out of your giving Because now you're not not even considering, for example, the tithe. Is this old covenant or new covenant? You're considering, what is in my heart? Is love there? And does love seek to to express itself by giving? Okay? Love seeks to express itself by by giving. A lot of people still don't embrace us fruit doctrine. I do. I practice it. And it's brought tremendous blessing into our lives. And I say to people... Well, what, don't accept the doctrine, but then practice Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your first fruit. Right? you want to interpret that, honor Him with it. Right? With your wealth. But listen carefully. Everyone say love. We're going to pray in a moment for a new baptism of love. Because I think sometimes giving lacks because love is not matured. If, if love is matured, giving would be the most reflexive thing. Giving to God, giving to His servants, giving to people in need, helping the poor. Oh, by the way, we'll do two special sessions on giving to the poor. The Bible has much to say about how you should give to the the poor. There's great blessing in that. When we discuss a matter, we try to discuss the whole thing um, in in its completeness. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak with tongues, just watch, of men and of angels, but I do not have Love, what what does Paul say? I've become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So he's saying, you can be full with the Spirit, speaking in tongues of men that's known languages and heavenly language and, and of angels, but no love you like. Now, there's nothing wrong with the gong and the cymbal. Don't get caught up on gong and cymbal the issue is noisy gong and clanging cymbal right the issue is noisy gong and clanging cymbal the word noisier means to reverberate a loud jarring sound Right? discordant it's an aggravating sound not pleasant to the ears and the word the Greek word for for clanging denotes lament Something that brings depression, like at a funeral, you're lamenting the death of someone that has passed. So there's the absence of, there's the absence of of joy. Now, I don't want anybody to become, to become from your life. Because life emits a sound to the heavens. Not so? Even Paul said uh, to the Philippians, you gave me a gift, but it ascended to God like a sweet-smelling. Aroma. Cornelius gave, remember? First Acts chapter 10. He gave to the Jews. He even built a synagogue for them. He gave, and what did Peter say to him? Your giving and your prayers have come up before God. So your gift speaks. Give gifts speak, they emit a sound. Now, what is Paul saying here? The absence of love. Right? I have not love makes valid spiritual activity noisy and clanging speaking in tongues is a valid spiritual activity but it is reduced tell your neighbor or repeat after me have become this phrase i have become as the idea in the greek of degenerating downwards to an inferior position you were there but you have become a noisy gong and a clanging symbol okay you have become a noisy gong and a clanging so, uh, symbol. Sean now said a few years ago, loveless service is no service at all. you got service that is valid, but loveless, it equates to, to nothing. And then he says in the next verse, If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries, knowledge like you're the big apostle on the block because apostles decode mysteries and prophets you are so knowledgeable you can decode all the theology and doctrine etc and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains so you have the faith position but you do not have love what does he say I am nothing and the word nothing is a very very interesting word If you can find it in my notes. It literally means to have no spiritual authority. No spiritual relevance. You are reduced to nothing without love. Now, this is a frightening thing. You have the gift of prophecy. You have all faith so as to remove mountains. But you are reduced to to nothing. Just look at verse 4. Sorry, verse 3. Watch, this is amazing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor. So there's giving involved here, right? the, The guy is giving. He's even giving not some of his possessions. He's giving all of his possessions. So the giving is lavish. It's sacrificial. The person went through great lengths to do it, to feed the poor. And I even surrender my body to be burned. Now, what greater expression of giving than that? Than to literally give your life so somebody else could live. Is that not the quintessence of giving? For greater love had no man than this, unless a man lay his life down for his friends. What could be greater than giving yourself up to be burned in place of another? But here is the the frightening thing is this, that you could do that without love. He said you could do that, but you don't have love. It profits you zilch, luto in Zulu. So for me, it's very, very important then if I engage in any giving activity, if biblically it's possible for me to give my life for someone and not have an ounce of love attached to the act, it's a frightening wake-up call. Hey, I better make sure that every act of giving is love-prompted, is love-inspired. Every action flows forth from the love of God because even my very creation itself I, was came, I came out from a God who in love he predestined me and he gave birth to me. Now I am his son. All my giving out now must be welled up from that same love position. Otherwise, you could do the most laudable thing. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you for doing that. And God says nothing. God's perspective is nothing. I don't want my giving to come to. Nothing. Giving must be acceptable before the Lord, and it must find great honor um, and acceptability with the Lord. Now look at Romans chapter 12. Oh, by the way, before we go there, just just carry on verse 4 of of 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Often he's saying that, he says, love is patient, love is kind, is not jealous, does not brag. Now, everyone say love does not brag. I don't you, if you help someone, I don't want pictures on Facebook and saying, oh, well, you've done. Right? You don't do the right thing with an ulterior motive of making a name for yourself. Because if, watch, he is saying you can give your body to be burned, not having love, you are nothing. Then he quickly says, love does not brag and is not arrogant. And then verse 5, what does he say? Watch. He does not act unbecomingly and this is what i like does not seek its own because some give laudably yes you give you're giving a lot but there's an ulterior motive behind the act and if love does not seek its own and if you're seeking your own by what you do it's proved to me love never prompted the act right you do have a reward but it's only the reward of men before on earth but God in the heavens. Now, I don't want you, but I'm at the place where every act must get the applause of heaven. Right? And I want to encourage you, do things secretly. Nobody has to know about it, but if heaven regards it, heaven will reward it. Listen carefully. The things you do secretly are reward publicly. Love must always seek Him, must always seek to, to, to honor the Lord in everything that it does. Now, let me wrap up. I won't have time to finish this because I've, time is just racing away. The quintessential thing that I, I want to focus on is this. Hebrews 11 verse 4 says this. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. than Cain." Okay. Everyone say by faith. Now in, in the weekend of our prophetic, uh, uh, seminar, the, not prophetic seminar, the financial seminar, I discussed this whole text quite thoroughly. I don't want to go there now. But this guy offered to God something by faith. And I said to you, faith must prompt the act, right? Now, let me just read to you a bunch of scriptures which will make sense in a moment. Listen carefully. Faith and love must always work together. They can never ever work apart from the other. Colossians 1 verse 4 says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for the saints. What did we hear of? Two things. Your faith in Christ and the love for the saints. People say, yes, I have faith in Christ. But I say, you improve that by your love for the saints. Yeah. Right? Faith it must, always, must always have the counterpart of love to it. First Thessalonians 1 verse 3 says, Constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and the steadfastness of your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of God our Father. Listen carefully. Your work of faith, I love these phrases, work of faith, labor of love, the patience or the steadfastness of your hope. Now there abides three things, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. In this verse, Paul is saying, I bear in mind your work of faith and the labor of love and the steadfastness of your hope. Of your. Bear in mind, I'll comment on that in a moment. Ephesians 6 verse 23 says, peace to the brethren and love with faith. Everyone say, love with faith, right? It says, love with faith, okay? 1 Corinthians 13, 13, you know very well. Uh, Now, faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is, right? So, love is the maturity of the previous two. There's three that will forever abide. The word abide means, will never cease to exist. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, love. Pointless having, in essence, the other two without migrating to the, the other two's ultimate intent is love. And by implication, it's this. If you've migrated to the more mature place of love, by implication, hope and faith will be inevitable. If you master love, hope and faith will be the most reflective, natural outcome of your love disposition. Now, who wants to grow in faith? Yes, I do. How does faith come? Hearing the word, how is love tested? By obeying the word. So when you obey the word by, by love, your faith grows. Your faith grows. Okay. First Corinthians 13, verse 2. We just read it a moment ago. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy, etc., and watch, if I have faith but don't have love, is it possible to have faith and not love? According to this scripture, very, very possible. To have expressions of faith not rooted in, not rooted in love. Okay? Another one, which I think is the primary one for me. Galatians 5, 6 says the following. Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. But this statement really grabs me. But faith which works through love. Faith which works through love. How does faith work? Come on, talk to me. How does faith work? Through love. So, where love is present, faith will be inevitable. Where love is present. You see, faith is like a daring act of obedience. You God has got a promise. You engage in external acts to do the will of the Lord. You, you do that. And to the person without faith, they marvel. Wow, how can you do that? You say, I have faith in God. So the actions remember faith without works is dead. Faith requires actions. You got to do something to demonstrate the position. Right? You got to do something to demonstrate that faith is actually faith is actually real. But it's very possible even to engage that without the whole expression not being prompted by the love of God. Okay? That is why never ever use faith to bring attention to yourself. And we've seen it too much in the, ch- in the history of the church presently. Faith to do this, faith to do that, and all accolades to the person. Love does not seek its own. Love does not brag. It never seeks to draw attention to its stuff. It's, it recedes into the background, and it pushes the purposes of God um, to the foreground. Now, I won't have time to, because time is really racing away, but there's one thing I want to leave with you, and that is this. First this first John four. Verse, let's read We'll of time, just verse 17 and 18. But this is love perfected within us so that we have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we where? Not in heaven, where? No, right now. What will give you confidence in the day of judgment? This fact that as he is, so are you where? Now, then verse 18 says, There is no fear in love. Tell your neighbor, no fear in love. love. Have you often heard the statement, the opposite of faith is fear? Not so. Fear will definitely impede faith. But biblically, the opposite of faith, the opposite of fear is love. Because in love, there is no, there is no fear. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. The opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is love. If fear is present, it proves love has not been matured. So, it says, for example, in there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in? in love so the idea of fear involves the future prospect of terror the word punishment means yeah, terror it anticipates a future judgment hence you are fearful now I'm only fearful now because of something bad happening, not so? so fear anticipates judgment it anticipates punishment it anticipates terror now, you can apply this verse in multiple respects. If, in reference to your relationship with God, you are still anticipating His judgment, His love hasn't been perfected in you. You can come to this place where you know that God loves me, that He loves me, that He loves me, that He loves me, he loves me. sometimes, in spite of my failings, in spite of my weaknesses, because I have this revelation of His love. What can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus? And he lists a couple of things. Shall tribulation, shall nakedness, peril, sword, distress, height, depth. And he says in all these things, the things I've listed, we are more than conquerors. How? Through him that loved us. Your conquering capacity is unwell from a revelation of he that loved us. I think we need to read this passage. I just feel this anointing on this passage. Romans 8, sorry watch this is an amazing text listen carefully guys this will set you free by the way when i went to arusha we paid our own way so when i sat at breakfast with this lady and the lord said pay for her but you see when financial fear hits you what's the opposite of fear love and in love faith will well up by faith he offered but faith emits from a love position that kicks you know cast I wish I I'm looking for looking at demons. Kick that devil? <laughs> when it says "perfect love casts out fear," you know the, the, look at the Greek word. It means to like a. It's like it's like "cast" is a very violent term in Greek. You don't passively deal with this. You rise up violently and you say, "You fear outlapper." <laughs> Everyone say outlapper. <laughs> Tell you. Repeat after me. Perfect love kicks fear out i don't want anybody to fear young people brayden if you're in the dark you don't fear the dark why you consume by the fact god loves me nothing can happen to me and what does perfect love do cast out the fear fear needs to be cast out do not tell someone do not fear don't fear anything this this might not have only reference to things financial for anything if the, pres- the presence of fear indicates you haven't matured in the love of God, Amen. let me just say this to you: When fear hits you, it's an opportunity to, for you to assert the fact that God loves. Yes. Amen. So I'm sitting in the restaurant and I'm saying, I'm counting my pennies, but I say, hey, Lord, but you know what? What over what? Before you could re- before you could even decide not to pay it, what does love? I read the text: Love con strains, love compels. When love compels, before you know what, you're paying for the thing. Not having succumbed to the fear of not having. Do you know what the biggest thing for people to part with their money is? is? The fear of loss. The fear of not having. That's a fear. That the love of God in you must overpower. We're going to kick out fear. Amen? Amen. You kick out that dynamic. Because forever you will not have the requisite faith. With by faith he offered a more excellent sacrifice than than can you will not have the requisite faith to obey what god is calling you to to obey so let's read this together come let's read in chorus one two (laughs) who shall separate us from the love of christ will tribulation or distress persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword just as it is written for your sake we are being put to death all day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered but in all these things stop this say it again these things what biblically are these things all the things is just listed right it says in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who what why do i conquer i have a revelation of how much he loved me you see we often quote this we are more than conquerors, but we don't focus through him that loved. When you have a revelation, listen carefully, this is, um, I may just mention it now, but because of time, when you have a revelation of how much he has loved, and what that means to you, that, the revelation of that love will displace all financial fear in you. Financial fear will leave your house, will leave your system, and like he Gave because of His love. Every time now you give, it will be love-motivated. Love, love love-prompted, and it kicks fear in the face so that faith has its free passage to express itself by deeds of courage. Say deeds of courage. God is calling you to make some courageous deeds. Deeds of courage fueled in faith, having their basis in love, kicks fear out the window. And you say, I'm like my father. Do you think if you were counseling God, okay, I'm, I'm not speaking irre- irreverently, but let's say no heaven, no earth. You were there and God says, okay, we have this plan to make man. We know he's going to fail. We know it. We know it. This guy's going to fail us. But we already factored into this whole equation. The word we call the son, he's going to give his life as a ransom for many. If you were there, some, some misguided person might say to God, so why go to the whole thing? You know the guy's gonna fail. Why go through this stuff? When what? You, I mean you're so complete within yourself, but listen, your love beckons you to act. Sometimes, even in the face of uncertainty, love beckons you to, to make this deed. Do you know? Let me close with the story because of time. Let me just finish this. In all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Next verse. Let's read it together. Say, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. That neither death, nor life, angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from His love. You know, so never ever... Do yourself hard, so hard by when you failed and you think God's love is not sufficient to to forgive you. No, it is. Never govern your relationship with God in anticipation of His fear or or fear of His punishment and His judgment because it's proof His love hasn't been matured in you. Okay. I won't have time to read it. Let me relate to you the story. In Luke, this is Luke 7. Jesus went to the house of Simon the Pharisee. No welcome, his feet were not washed, but he reclined at the table. A, an immoral woman, it says, a sinner, a prostitute came behind him, broke a vial of alabaster. The Bible says she kept washing his feet with the tears and pouring the vial. Simon the Pharisee said in his heart, if this man were a prophet, he will know what sort of woman it is that is washing his feet. Jesus then, knowing what's in Simon's heart, Jesus said this, Oh Simon, a certain man had two servants that owed him money. We get the values, but the one was like 50 denarii or 5 denarii, and the other was like 500 denarii. The Bible says he forgave them both equally their respective debts. Jesus poses the question to Simon. He says, Oh Simon, which one? do you think, will love the most? Which of the two that owed the money that were both forgiven will love the master the most? Which do you think? Come on, talk to me. The one to whom was forgiven most. And Simon answered them. He said, oh, the one to whom was forgiven most. And he said, you see this woman? This woman that you think is as prostitute, as immortal? Right? She has, for, she has been forgiven much. Therefore, she has loved much. Listen carefully. We don't waste sin and say more severe than the other, although there's certain degrees of wickedness. We're all sinners before God. But I just think the revelation of of the extent to which she has been forgiven, so overwhelmed her of the love she's received from the Lord by the forgiveness of her sin, that that prompted lavish giving to the Lord based upon a reciprocal response of love in our heart to the Lord. Sometimes lavish giving is proof of a revelation in you of how you've understood the love of God to you. Now just tell your neighbor, you too have been forgiven much. You too have been forgiven much. And you know what Jesus said, by the way? What did Jesus say to this woman? Woman, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. He references love but the act as an expression of faith, because that act was rooted in love. How much do you love God? And is it too difficult a thing for you to do whenever God calls you to give? Not to give out of a sense of gratitude in response to the love that He has for you? Is it too much a thing to ask? Love, faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6 says. And i want to encourage you the more your love grows the more the fear leaves you fear will be cast out and you will be engaged in lavish generous giving purely as a reflection of god your heavenly father and when that love is present faith will be inevitable because love drives faith's actions love propels faith what love sees faith seeks if you see with the eye of love, the faith is employed to do the work with deeds, because it's prompted by the love of God within you. Okay, the love of Christ constrains me. Now you've seen some of these these army movies, like America fighting Second World War, etc. Patriotism to one's country, love for country and land can drive you to make serious sacrifices for your, for your country. It's amazing what love, when love is present for what you're fighting for, the acts of, cora- of courage and daring, courageous acts that lead you into, simply because love is, love is present. I pray this love will grow in you. And I pray that you would you'd come to the place of, of unabandoned, faithful giving that is rooted in the love of God. May the love of God grow in you seriously. Next time you give your tithes, your offering, or you're helping someone with, with a project, or you're giving a handout to the poor, uh, we give, there's a beggar that is called Robo Hobo. He's at the uh, You know him, Robo Hobo? The bluff people know him? He lead the bluff, you're crossing Clearwood. He's there every day. This guy's a genius of his time. Down and out, dirty, straggly dressed, but he got his own YouTube channel. <laughs> Some of you don't even have a YouTube channel. <laughs> this guy got his own YouTube channel. Yeah. And he sells, you know what he sells at the robot? He sells uh, printed comics. He's a very good artist. He draws. He's got a printing company to help him print it, and they, out of grace, do this freely for him, and he sells it for 10 rand. One a month. He does a whole storyline, teaching very, very really good principles. Luke's our and rays my witness here, including my wife. I cannot help If I have the means to, whenever we stop there, to bless this guy with something. And some people say, no, you're doing it all the time. But what motivates me is, he's trying. He's using the limited means he has to make something happen. Right? Right? And it it just, so in my flesh I will get tired of doing it. But the love of Christ in me constrains me simply to, before you know what, you're doing it. (laughs) You must be discerning. Don't just do it blindly. Okay, allow the Lord to to lead you. Amen? Come lift up your hands. I know it's been long, but this was very necessary as a as a as a principle within the fabric of this milieu of teachings regarding financial giving. Must be love-driven. I want to reiterate again, with your hands lifted up, if it's love-driven, faith will be the inevitable cause. Your faith will, will go to another level. Because faith works by love. Okay? The love of God will constrain you. it will take your giving to another level. We give tithes first with offerings. We give to the poor because we love God and we love people. That love is not there. You can give your body to be burned and have not love. Then the Bible says it profits you nothing. The power tendons with love is a powerful thing. Thank you, Lord, that you've not given us a spirit of fear. But you've given us a spirit of power, of love and a disciplined mind repeat after me God has not given me a spirit of fear, spirit of fear. But, of power, but of power love, love. And, a and a sound mind I thank you oh God that where your love is your power will be where your love is there will your power be to support the intentions of your love so right now come and lift your hands we receive this love in new way Romans 8 says, The love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost which has been given to you. I pray right now, even for myself, may I grow in your love. May your love just baptize me afresh. I pray a fresh baptism for the whole house and for those listening to this audio of the love of Christ in your hearts. A true revelation of how much He loves you and how much you ought to love as a a result of His love in you. Shed that love abroad in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, we, we ask today, let nothing we do be ever, ever be loveless. Let everything we do flow out from the position of deep love for you, deep love for people. Take away the pride because love does not brag. Love does not seek its own. Love does not seek to make a name for itself. Teach us to do things more secretly. Teach us to recede and to honor you in everything we do, Father. So we pray your love in us will drive our faithful actions to please you in everything we do, in everything we say. Every time we give, may it testify to the world. See how much we love God. See how much He loves us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.